0: WWE Universe has waited patiently for this moment to arrive. The biggest event in live entertainment is back. Finally! Back with the cheers. Back with the spectacle. Back with the passion
1: and pageantry.
0: Welcome the WWE Universe to the greatest spectacle. WrestleMania finally is back in business. Right, look, ready for the challenge. Right, look, ready for the challenge. Tonight, for only the second time, we will witness a high seas high-stakes adventure
1: complete with epic epic, epicness that's bigger
0: than the history of history. Okay, okay, hold on. Did he just say bigger than the history of history? That's what was written. So, yes. And you're telling me that's the best copy we've got? If you don't mind, mate, I'd like to give this cold open the old college try. By all means, have at it.
2: Let's pick up where we left off last year, shall
0: we? On an adventure unlike any other. With our heroes looking obnoxiously heroish. An epic journey and battle for the ultimate prize. Immortality. But enough with the tall tales.
2: Let's drop some realness, as the kids say.
1: It will be a nightmare. In history, a night heroes are created and legends will be born.
2: Tonight, we witness the global event that has spanned decades, created unforgettable moments and memories.
1: The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. The boyhood dream.
0: once in a lifetime, all of which you, me, everyone will carry with us forever. But before forever can happen, I think it's time we tip our caps to you, the fans who made Back in Business possible. I'm talking about you up there, and you over there. You at ringside sitting in your commemorative chair. And even all of you who can't not watch on Peacock. Because tonight, we raise the sails again. An incredible match
3: between two incredible superstars.
0: As fate still awaits. Right now, let's just get lost in the moment. The course has
1: been
3: corrected. Destiny can't be stopped. This will, without a doubt, be a
2: war. And our adventure... ...continues! Now, how's that for a cold open? Impressive. But what about the big finish? Everyone
0: knows you need a big finish. It's Cold Open 101. All oh, right. Good point. Okay, let's try this. We
1: welcome you! to the greatest live event in entertainment.
0: Welcome to WrestleMania.
1: And now Snickers presents the Global Entertainment Spectacle. WrestleMania.
2: Uh, another disappointment, old man. I don't know if you noticed it during this match. Yes. I, I did. Rob well, Bobby G. Mania yeah. Six was up and <laughs> running on this one. <laughs> Bastard's always there. And I tell you what, he was wearing. I think he was wearing a DX t-shirt. I saw a lot more of him this time, man. Mm. I think he was wearing a DX t-shirt and he was booing Brian Daniel, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him in the main event a lot. Which, even though I didn't like the fact that they put Brian in, I'm still not a fan of anyone who will boo Daniel Bryan when he's a babyface. I just don't mm. think that makes any sense to me. <laughs>
0: She's a cunt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks for your listening, Bobby G. If you are.
0: <laughs> no, ge- genuinely, I know i said this before, but if, if you are listening, genuinely, get us. I don't think you're a cunt at all. Just don't know. Just sign up in front of people, mate. Very seriously doubt he's listening. Oh, man, I yeah, I like, I'm like he's, he is a cunt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing if he was,
0: though. <laughs>
2: And welcome to the Random Wrestling Review. Today we are covering WrestleMania 37 Night 2. And talking of significant moments in podcasting history. Not that WrestleMania 37 Night 2 really is. But anyway, this is significant because for the first time ever, not quite ever anyway, because they filmed one before, it is Old Man and Alex on the podcast there. Alex, this must be a dear diary day for you.
3: It is, yeah. It is. I think I'm more nervous today than I was for the first one that I ever did. <laughs> This is a this is a big moment for me. I've completed He's, life.
2: He's more <laughs> nervous than he was as a trembling sixteen-year-old taking his first steps into adulthood. Hundred percent. That was a guess as well. Sixteen could have been yeah. any age. Could have been <laughs> any age. All I know. And uh, also we've got old man Sam Kerry today.
0: Okay. Hello everyone. I'm uh, I'm not nervous because nerves for cowards. <laughs> <laughs> Although, that being said, I get nervous about most things, but just not today. stay.
2: You're in a position of power today, old man, in, in a relationship, yeah. a, a, a power relationship the likes of which you've never experienced before in your life.
0: No, and I'll probably get more nervous as the show goes on, <laughs> as I as I realise that Alex's hand is just... Moving, never so certain. So <laughs> and then I go, hang on, is he moving his way into adulthood at the age of sixteen again?
3: I just got to do the entire show like this with my hands <laughs> on my <the> head.
0: Tell <laughs> so what? Can you imagine, like having your first tug at sixteen?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help but feel like old oh man has misunderstood what I was getting at with the uh with the first step into adulthood. But um. Oh maybe, my god. Maybe that's just through personal experience. I don't know.
0: No, I was far younger than that. <laughs> Unbelievable.
2: Uh right. Uh, God, what, what a mess this has been to start off today. And that's almost entirely my fault. But there we go. WrestleMania 37 night two today. We are closing in on the final stages of the WrestleMania series. I'm, I'm, I'm very pleased. I'm very, very pleased about that because <laughs> Tom said it recently on the podcast. Like, I'm fed up of watching stuff that's just really nice to look at. Like, I'd like to see some <laughs> shitty produced WCW from the ni- early 90s or some horrible ECW. Or some really shit WWE from 2007 or mm. something, you know, just just something that's not competent would be lovely <laughs> for once. Mm. But we still got a fair few of these WrestleManias to go, and we will start as always with our expectations. For WrestleMania 37 Alex let's start with yourself
3: Well just a, a, a quick aside really This is the first two night WrestleMania That I've reviewed And how's your memory then? Not amazing these days I mean it's it's, get, it's getting worse as I get older Alex Okay so well you might I don't know if you remember or not But when you were doing The Squash uh, I actually wrote in to asked The Squash And said what were your thoughts What would be your thoughts If WrestleMania went to two nights Raw on the Friday and Smackdown on the Saturday I think it was you and Gavin that were on that show. And you were were well in favour of it, uh, because you you said something along the lines of, I'm sick and tired of WrestleMania being about 6,000 hours long or something like that. And Gavin said he he was against it, saying, I think similar to Matt, that you just have the people that matter on the show, really. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not. I remember it cuz I remember stuff like that.
2: I have done so many podcasts yeah. in the last <laughs> So it's actually just recently gone past my 10 year anniversary from my first ever podcast date. Well, and since then I've done probably in the region how many of this with over? 150 I reckon I've done a region of 700 podcasts in that time. So given no, that the daily squash was daily so no I, I don't <laughs> remember that very specific question yeah. from probably 2017 mm. I imagine that was. Uh
3: yeah so yeah probably something like that. I Can't remember exactly. It was after it was after so, a WrestleMania. I can't remember what. It, I can't remember which one it was. But yeah. Anyway. But anyway. Just dead quickly. Uh, I love it. I love it that it's two nights. I think it's miles better. I mean, that when I put this show on, it was three hours, twelve minutes. Glorious. Mm. Absolutely glorious. I do have the same fear as you though that eventually it will go to two, like two nights of four or five hour shows. And I do have another fear that potentially in the future it might possibly go to three nights a friday saturday and a sunday uh, but i think hopefully that'll be well into the future when i'm long gone <laughs> anyway as for this show uh, i knew what i was expecting i remember it, it obviously it was fairly recent and i'd watched uh, i watched it live i watched both of them live it's the last one that i watched live so i knew what i was expecting however i did actually miss on the night the main event because i fell asleep and I woke up about I saw the end of it So I woke up about Two minutes from the end And I've never seen it since I've never seen the main event since So I was really looking forward To watching the main event Because I, 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 people talk about it Very highly So I was really really Looking forward to watching that But I was expecting it To be a really good show So let's see if it lives up to it See uh, on, on the thing about
2: Two nights And you liking it a lot Like I, I do prefer it To having one massive Fuck off huge Wrestlemania And that was really Accentuated by when we watched. WrestleMania 35 which was the last one that was one night but I think Stephen and possibly Matt and possibly Tom can't remember exactly who raised the point that when you watch night one now does kind of feel like you've not really you're walking away and there's not there's not a conclusion there's still more to come and it just doesn't feel like a, a whole show in and of itself and I did definitely get that feeling during when we watched WrestleMania 37 night one which we obviously came out two weeks ago. So um, yeah, I'm not sure. I st- I still don't really know where I stand on the two night, one night thing. I, 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 as I said, I think I just ultimately, if you could just do four hours with all the most important stuff, cut all the shit, then we'd all be happy, wouldn't we?
3: Yeah. and uh, Yeah. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'd rather it be that, but it's not going to be that. It's going to be, mm. it's either two nights or one night of five, six hours. And I'd much rather have two nights. If when it starts getting to four or five hours each night, which I agree, I think it will do, uh, that's when I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna be happy there at all.
0: We're we chucking our keys into the two night ring, no two night ring, two night bowl. Fucking, I can, I've ruined me joke there. <laughs> Never mind. Then. So I have found with these shows, with the very first two nighter, WrestleMania 36, that year, as we said on the show, which is in the archives, me Tom. And Tinky watched that over a Zoom call or a Skype call I've no preference. And we watched that the Monday after. This one, 38 and 39, it has taken me almost a week to get through the Sunday show because it's on a Saturday night, watching on a Sunday morning. Now this year... I watched night one. I watched that while my fiance was in bed. So I watched all the wrestling that I needed to on that day before she even got out of bed. And it was the Thursday after that I finished night two. So for me, she ain't got time for it. I'm mm. a busy man. i was so, I was sitting around doing nothing to do. Ain't got time for watching wrestling.
2: Well, I, I used to always take the Monday off as well after the, the, the day after WrestleMania, whatever year it was. But. I haven't done that recently and I think that is partially because of the two night thing. Like it just feels like it's too much and I just feel like I don't know if I want to watch and it is four hours. I just checked WrestleMania thirty eight and thirty nine, both nights mm-hmm. are four hours basically. Yeah. And so it's four hours on the Sunday morning and that's lovely, that's enough. And then you get to the next four hours and I'm like, Oh, I'll just watch it as and when I can. And to be honest, WrestleMania thirty nine I haven't watched at all. But we will uh, we'll get to all that. in in future episodes. Oh man, what were your expectations for this one? To
0: be honest, I can't remember Fuck all about this. There's one thing I remember, which is the rain delay. That was, what I remembered was the fact that it rained really heavy and as you said, uh, WrestleRania, as I was lovely, lovely to be reminded of that. (laughs) But I could not, up until the show started and they kind of ran through it, couldn't remember anything on this card. So I took that as not the best thing. So my expectations weren't the highest coming in. I was quite looking forward to revisiting it, though, because the last one I did was Recipe of 36 Night 2, which was a bit of a wet fire. And I was thinking this one, it was raining and there was thunder. So it might be full-blown diarrhea, but there'll be people there. So we'll
2: see. Well, full-blown diarrhea with people is much better <laughs> than full-blown diarrhea without it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is right, Come on mum <laughs> exp- uh,
2: no we don't have expectations God we are really <laughs> in trouble today Um we're on the two talking points and Alex, we'll, we'll keep with this current order we've got going on, and go to you first.
3: Right. Okay. Okay. Right. So I've changed my mind at the last minute from your talking point because I was going to go for something else, but it's safe to say that I was extremely negative in my last episode because I did WrestleMania 33, which I I hated. Now, without giving anything away. I'm not going to be as negative in this episode, which I mean it's not giving anything away because I've hated I, I hated that. I hated that mania so much. So for my talking point, I thought um, I'm going to try and be a bit more positive, not with my talking point because I thought I'd get the absolute worst part of the show out of the way first, so I can be positive throughout the rest of the throughout the rest of the show. I'm going to give you both a guess as to what you think is the worst part of the show by a country mile.
2: Is it the same thing as the WWE did and got it out? The way first two
3: Sam, what do you think? It's got to be yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. The opener between Randy Orton and the Fiend. I mean, look, let's just get it out of the way. Ran Randy Orton just could not look less interested on his way down to the ring. A bit like how, how I felt watching it. The video package, it cuts to the video package. I mean, what's going on? It's just spooky nonsense. The production of the video package is pretty good, but they all are. Mm but they're just the content is just boring shit and then at the end with the entrances I pause the tv and 20 minutes had passed and there was no wrestling um so i was i was really in a foul mood right at the start what the fuck is the jack in the box alexa bit bliss struggling to turn it and then the fiend make, makes his entrance now the, the only good thing about it is the the fiend's music is absolutely sensational get let's get on to the match
2: before you get on the match we should really say that um, this is Randy Orton versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt in the opener and it's a six-minute match and Randy Orton wins it when well I'm sure you're going to talk about Alex so I'm just not going to I'm not going to say but basically wins it with an RKO but there's something that comes before that so I'm sure you're going to get to that and uh, dissect that in only the, in, an, in the professional way that only you can.
3: Yeah, I mean, I've done enough of these. I should know that you should that you read the result out before we go into the match. Red lights, first of all, I thought we got past all that shit with the red lights. I've just no interest in it whatsoever. The, did anyone get the commentary from Michael Cole, the box light structure? It's a box. It's a fucking box. It's box. <laughs> well, well, but what the... F- a box-like structure. I've just wrote fire and Alexa Bliss. That's it. I'm done. Fucking terrible. terrible. Fire
2: Alexa Bliss. That's a bit hard.
3: Yeah. Well, no. Fire fire and Alexa Bliss. That's it. I'm done the, with the the shit coming down her face. Ah, oh, it's just terrible. Now I will say, I think. It is slightly better than the Mania 33 match, but only ever so slightly. It's absolutely terrible. It's terrible. And when this match was announced, obviously, I listened to your 30, what we are now, I listened to your 36 night too. And I obviously heard what you said about the Firefly Funhouse match. Now, I've only ever seen that match once. And I was the same as you, Sam. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I think I might watch it again because it was interesting yeah. to hear that, that you didn't like it. And I remember when this match come out, when it was announced, I thought they were going to go go down that same route. And I think that, I mean, bear in mind, this is someone who actually enjoyed the Firefly Funhouse match. I'll prob- I will I would have preferred it in this just to see what they do. I mean, if you're going to do this, you just you might as well go all out and do it. That's my opinion. It's absolutely terrible. No wonder Orton couldn't be asked doing this. I bet he's thinking, I'm doing shit like this and edges in the main event. I, I've said before that Bray Wyatt's potential was wasted. I really enjoyed the Fiend alter ego, but for me, it was done the day that they put him straight in the main event in that Hell in a Cell match. And what what's Alexa Bliss doing in the storyline as well? It's just crap. Absolutely crap. Uh, the worst thing on the show by a mile. And if we were going to do, we are obviously doing the MVP, but if we were going to do the... Cunt of the night that was introduced by Tom quite some time ago, it would go to whoever decided to show highlights of the first fucking match later on in the night. <laughs> what why why on earth would they show highlights of that match? Oh, absolute knobhead, whoever that was. So, yeah, the worst thing by country mile. And it can only go uphill from there.
2: We we really should, at this point, just clarify that the thing that was running down Alexa Bliss's face was not shit, as Alex yeah. put it later on. <laughs> it was instead, I think, black ink of some kind. And and I guess that was an interesting visual. Oh Man, what did you think?
0: So let's, go, let's rewind. Let's rewind. So Orton's walking down. I actually think he looks a little bit emotional where he's like fucking hell we're back and then I think he does it kind of dawns on him what's going to happen and he kind of I don't don't get me wrong I don't think he was overly motivated by what was going on but he, I think he tries his best with this stuff I think he really tries his best go back to the video package Orton burns him to death and he's the fucking face <laughs> damn uh, Fucking bollocks I don't think he was At this point
3: I think he was portrayed As the heel And it was Ah. actually The fiend that was Portrayed as the face Believe it or not
0: So the guy who's got The Firefly funhouse, Yeah Presumably trying to get Kids to lure them in To then kill them I'm assuming It's like, and then with his sister, Abigail, oh, my, never Like, he burns him to death, comes about to say, been done better by Undertaker and King. Like, very, very, well, a death and then a thing. I thought Alexa Bliss was the only tolerable part of this whole thing, to be honest. I thought she was actually pretty good. It is a bit tough when she's trying to wind up the box-like structure and it keeps sticking. But that whole thing is crap as it is, really. I thought it was great. Because it made it such a big deal that he was coming back. The crowd, there's 25,000 in there, I think, obviously there's no roof on the stadium so a lot of the sun goes but they were fucking into it they have just before they have the entrance they have the drones have spout out let me in in the uh in the sky which i thought was really cracking stuff i thought orton oh, again sold his arrival quite well when he comes out of the jack-in-the-box he's that like, elevated out and then the fiend so you have the fiend right he is this calculating character doesn't act on impulse he's just kind of slowly going through trying to hurt people he leaps off of this box like structure exposing himself completely just with like a clothesline thankfully he didn't expose himself completely i meant in a in a purely physical fight sense and then they go out the ring and then they're doing some bollocks this bloody boring as shit (laughs) michael cole i think it is says is the fiend impervious to pain and i'm like now, for a start, like now, then some moves happen. And then this thing that Alex so wonderfully described happens with Alexa Bliss, which, again, I thought was actually quite a cool visual. I don't know what it's doing here. No idea what it's doing in this thing. And then Orton hits one RKO. It takes one RKO to eliminate this character in six minutes that has been like built up as this like, in, like you can't kill him. He burned him. But he burned him! He burned the bastard! He's back to life. One RKO. One RKO. His friend with some black stuff going down her face. That's it. He's done. And the lights go out at the end. And then the lights come back on and he's disappeared. I'm like, what the fucking shit. What an absolute turd. And like you said, Tinky, at the start, uh, when I mentioned this, they got this out the way because they were like, we cannot fucking put this in the middle of the show because it's fucking terrible. And the crowd boom when the fiend is gone. And I'm like, Fucking know, which cunts are following this up? And then you find out it's the women.
2: It's it's very weird, isn't it? It's very, very, very weird. Like you're right they they do seem to be the crowd do seem to be into it but at the end they are left booing I mean the match is only just under six minutes mm. so possibly it's that possibly it's just the very very unsatisfying finish was it ever explained why Alexa Bliss was on top of the jack-in-the-box with the bl- with the black stuff going down her face and that then distracted Bray Wyatt was she mm. turning on Bray Wyatt was it just some somehow Alexa Bliss had been possessed by someone who favored Randy Orton was this ever explained because I I don't know I I I wasn't watching
3: at the time. No, not not really. It went on to the bit with Lily the doll. After that, with oh, I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that horrific. Mm. Oh, the wink. Wink. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell. But I think that that was the nail in the coffin. and they just kind of sacked it off. They just stopped it.
2: It's terrible. It, it's just really, really terrible. I mean, I you know I didn't like the Firefly Funhouse match, but I think I would have preferred a sequel to that here than what we got here because what we got was just. Just pants. I mean, at least that was kind of you could you could explain it away as some kind of as I said at the time, like fever dream. So it wasn't actually a match. it was kind of just John Cena's own consciousness and you were seeing this stream from his own mind. You could do something similar here. But instead this was portrayed as a wrestling match and just shit yeah no I, I agree it was the worst thing on the show absolute definite complete nonsense Booze from the crowd at the end I mean to put it this way as well this is Wrestlemania you don't want to be in a position where after the first match of Wrestlemania I know it's not night two but ultimately the first match of the night you have got your fans booing <laughs> you effectively not the not the axe they're not booing Orton and Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss they are booing the company for daring to give them this that's not a very successful way of starting a big <laughs> show is it let's be fair
0: not particularly i'd I imagine it wasn't what they were going for
2: no i, I wouldn't have thought so so old oh man what's your uh what's your talking point
0: yes pretty slim pickings after that really so i'm gonna go for my good friend and yours titus o'neill <laughs> and hulk hogan So uh, I'm just going to run through what they do in this show. So at the opening video, and then they appear in pirate outfits. Lovely old job. Pipes in noise so that they can cover the crowd shitting on Hogan, pretty much. Yeah, then they do some boat and pirate-based puns. And then they do our noises. And it's agonizing to watch. (laughs) Like, absolutely agonizing. And I'm like, you know what? I was real tough going, but they got through it it's lovely. You then get a little backstage segment Hogan, Titus, Eric Bischoff talking about how Eric Bischoff wants a Smackdown champion like Bianca Belair because they had a great match with Sasha Banks on night one. So that's nice then Bailey turns up finally Bailey turns up like go on be an absolute class. Bailey's my MVP by the way because she manages to turn a lot of this turd into slightly less smelly turd and then you've got they come out again this before the main event so you You're trying to get your crowd hot, aren't you? You're trying to get your fucking crowd out for this main event. Because uh, what comes before it is pretty tidy. A little bit rushed, but we'll get to that. But uh, this is after the highlight of the opener that we've just gone through. So this is the bit that sent Rockstar into into a fit of rage. So they come out. Titus is talking directly to the crowd. He's like he's a hostage. And he's doing one of those videos where these poor fuckers go, they're treating me well. Yeah, I'm being fed yeah it's been it's been nice yeah we we, we've had some beers and so that he's just talking deadpan to the camera then bailey comes out makes them give her a pyro which was wonderful runs down everyone talks about that idiot michael cole and then i'm like that's lovely like oh fuck the bella's come out the bella's music hits takes me a second to get who it is (laughs) and i'm like oh uh, uh, no bailey Fucking shits all over them. Got a twin idiots looking like Elmo. And she says, It's all right, I've checked, and John Cena's not here. Which (laughs) like so Nikki Bella at this point is pregnant with her now husband's kid. I'm like, that's fucking amazing. The crowd fucking love it. And then they fucking lob her down the ramp and they hit her and they're all stood at the top. Titus O'Neill, Hulk Hogan and the Bellas just with their arms in the air. And I'm like, fuck this shit. I was like, fucking hell. Like, how much better would it have been if they just had Bailey, But just like interjecting herself into things all the way through both nights would have been so much better. And it was terrible. And it was the second worst thing on the card.
2: Mm. Yeah, I think you might be right. And you know what? I, uh, I'm i going to disagree with you a little bit there, old man. Even Bailey, I thought, was below average during these these skits. And yeah. She, they did have her on night one doing the same thing. And both, because obviously at the start of this one, she said that she does the one with Eric Bischoff, Hogan and Titus O'Neill. And the, and the night before, it was the NWO with the two of them. And on both occasions, everybody was awkward. I think Bailey's timing was thrown off because everybody was really awkward. Like, yeah. Scott Hall, Scott Hall, bless him, I, I don't know whether, I have no idea if he'd, he'd fallen off the wagon or not, but he wasn't really there. He wasn't really, It just didn't, wasn't cogent at all. He just didn't really seem to be all there, if you like. I don't really know how else to say it. And then Bischoff was a little bit awkward in his segment, and Titus O'Neill and Hogan are just really awkward. As you said, Titus O'Neill, I've written here, he's almost sad the way he says Yeah. Thank you for coming. Thanks for to everybody who's in attendance. This is supposed to be the bit where you're kind of like really rousing the crowd and you're just, it's like, it's like you've been, you've, Someone's told you something awful before you've come on, and then you, and you're just phoning in the line. It was really odd. And yeah, I just thought even Bailey was a bit off time. There was the few bits where she made some good cracks against the Bellas was great. And I just think if if this had been effective, then people would have cheered the bit where Bailey got hit and thrown like basically mm. rolled down the, the ramp. But it just didn't work at all, and you were just left feeling like Bailey was the best thing about this stuff. So I'm even more annoyed by the fact that you've done this than I would yeah. have been before. But I I
3: just wasn't even Bailey. I thought was a bit during this stuff I think Sam might have been Reading my notes Because he's pretty much Said <laughs> Everything that I said You know Booze for Hogan Not surprised But I, I think I think it was you Ben in the, I listened to the night like, One episode today And I think you were saying I completely agree with you Like what What are they getting out Of Hulk Hogan being here mm. it, It's like It's just ridiculous Why Why It's just rubbish I put that it, seems so, it just seems really awkward Like neither of them Want to be there The Titus Hogan Bischoff and Bailey bit All I've wrote is what is this going on about a ball Was Bailey injured Was uh, Bailey Yeah injured? I think so Yeah. Right okay right I mean that makes a bit of sense But it's just a, a complete waste of Bailey mm. I mean yeah the last bit Bella's interrupts nonsense Everything just seems really awkward It's just not good What they should have done Instead of Hulk Hogan is they should have rehired Paul Butchell And got him to make an appearance The pirate from oh. mid, mid-2000s Smackdown <laughs> That would have been miles better Miles better than having Hulk Hogan Miles better but yeah It's just really awkward Really, It made me feel yeah. awkward Watching it It's just yeah, terrible yeah. Terrible yeah, it I'm was supposed proper... to be being positive After my talking point <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, It was proper Like hide your face Behind your hands Wasn't it mm. Because they walk out Initially Hogan and Titus And they're very separate And then Hogan like but you said In the last episode He don't know what's going on I don't think you know, I reckon he's pissed Pissed well, Or he's t- I reckon he's tired From being racist
2: Oh, It does take a lot of energy Apparently. Um, so what am I going to do Is my talking point Well let's just Let's try and bring The quality The overall quality Up a little bit Let's just go straight for the main event Although I do I will start with A little bit of a Complaint I think actually mm. And I, I'm going to Surprise some people here And say that I don't think Daniel Bryan Should be in this main event I think that's a mistake I think that this The story you're telling here In my view Is Edge came back The year before He's had a year back now He then wins the Rumble This is his last chance to get a major victory, to get a ma- and one more major title under his belt. And regardless of whether he manages to do it or not, that's the story that I think we should be telling and should be focusing on and nothing else. Instead, they do this weird thing where Edge basically goes nuts. And Mm. gets all angry and annoyed that Daniel Bryan's been added. Which you can understand him being annoyed that Daniel Bryan's been added to the main event. But Daniel Bryan is also a babyface. So when Edge gets angry with him and attacks him, he comes across as a heel and gets kind of a a bit of a heel reaction. But not only that, but then during the match, Bryan and Edge is crowd support is completely split, so they both hear boos, they both hear cheers. The crowd's obviously not huge anyway, it's 25,000 people or 20,000 people in this sort of sixty, seventy, eighty thousand capacity stadium. And so it just, it comes across as a little bit just a bit of a disappointment in general the, the atmosphere I felt. The match itself is very good, I think the match is very very good. So the match itself goes for 21 and a half minutes and is won by Roman Reigns when Roman Reigns manages to stack them and pin them both Uh, when they're on top of each other after Reigns hits a a, uh, concerto on Edge after Edge had already hit one on Bryan. I think the match is really good. I think the end is, is is pretty cool too In terms of the way Reigns gets the victory By putting them on top of each other And putting them both Really kind of accentuated Reigns' dominance Over the rest of the roster And obviously they're still on that path In some re- regards even today Which is pretty cool The fact that they've basically gone three years With this thing But as I say I just felt like As good as Daniel Bryan is And probably did help the Overall match quality In terms of just from a technical And athletic perspective I think the story would have been far better Had it been Roman Reigns versus Edge And Edge Edge trying to go for this this his last prize. And I'm gonna give Edge my MVP.
0: Bloody
2: heck. I think he does does a really good job. He's in fantastic shape. During this mm. match He's like he's got himself Into the best shape He possibly can And I did feel I did believe him Even though I didn't like The the, the characterization They had Edge go through I did believe it Like I really believe That he was pissed off about it And he probably was Again he's got himself In fantastic shape He's probably been told At some point in the past You're going to be in the main event Against Roman Reigns Of Wrestlemania For the title And then Brian's come in And it's kind of split What's going to happen and, and change what was Going to take place And he's probably A little bit pissed off About that And then he's turned it Into the sort of inspiration for his character to, to to be able to go there and i think he plays it really well i think his performance in the match is perfectly fine yeah for me he's the mvp but as i say just shouldn't have been a triple threat match and um i think just roman reigns versus edge in a singles match just feels like a far more bigger attraction for me in general
3: i did agree with you at the time uh, i mean look, I've, I've said time and time uh, again about old wrestlers getting put into the main event and getting pushed so i'm not going to cover that but at the time i remember thinking I, I i don't like triple threat matches uh at main events of wrestlemania it should be one-on-one that's that's what i think so when it was announced a triple threat match i wasn't interested in in the whole weekend i um i was obviously miles more interested in the bianca Vela sasha banks main event than i was uh this one but i actually think i, I could see I can completely see why they did the triple threat. And the reason being, it was going to be my talking point before I changed, is my MVP, and my MVP is Roman Reigns. And for years, Roman Reigns has been pushed as the main guy in WWE. And it's been obviously met with mixed feelings by fans, uh, but they clearly had their number one guy, and they've used the main event of WrestleMania as a catalyst for his push, but it's just not gone as well as they wanted. So you've got Mania 31 pinned by Rollins after the cash in, Mania 32 beaten all part time of Triple H in a shit match. Mania 33 beat an old part-timer in, uh, in The Undertaker. Mania 34 beaten by Brock Lesnar in a poor match uh, and he was booed heavily. 35, he was demoted to a nothing match against Drew McIntyre. He won at 36 because of his vulnerabilities as a leukaemia survivor, which is obviously fair enough. And then it, he was obviously put in the triple threat. Now, for me, the end of this match is absolutely phenomenal and um, it's my match of the night as well and it's part of it is the ending because like I said I did fall asleep watching the main event at the time but I did wake up just before the end and the end really it, it made me think wow it just made me think this guy is unstoppable and it's because he has as you said stacked and pinned both edge and edge and daniel bryan and if it was just edge it wouldn't have had the same impact as it has done with the triple threat and it's that moment i think uh, pinning both a hall of famer and one of the best wrestlers in the company at the same time completely just gets him from a level that's here right up to there straight away and he's just gone up and up since that point. And it's, for me, it's from from this point. He's just rode that wave since. He's just got better and better, involved in one of the best storylines that has ever been in the bloodline. He's arguably the best wrestler on the planet. And I think that it all comes from this moment, the end of this triple threat match. The fact that he's stacked and pinned Edge and Daniel Bryan, and that's when I could completely see the sense in it being a triple threat match. Uh,
2: It's a a good point, actually. And I I do. mm. I do accept it. I do. I do accept that that really helps him. I think it's it's interesting. I guess it's the difference between what you value in, in terms of going into WrestleMania or what the company values like for me if this was in the pay-per-view area i think it would have been a huge mistake because i think roman reigns versus edge sells you more pay-per-views than a triple threat match does but because you don't have to sell the pay-per-views anymore on an individual basis and it's all part of the network subscription anyway it's perhaps not such a big deal and actually then the outcome is more valuable to you in the long run because you can then go well you know okay we we didn't need to worry about selling the pay-per-views and at the end of the night you have roman reigns being able to stand tall over both of them so I, i completely i think that's absolutely a fair point i just think that the main event of wrestlemania as you said at the start alex should always be a singles match between the the two guys that make the most sense in terms of both being the top level and being at a place where their stories converge and for me this this was all about edge's kind of last run at the title and roman reigns kind of trying to prove himself as a top guy and i think that would have still worked with roman reigns and edge but i do take your point him being able to stack them both up and pin them did create this momentum behind him where they were able to, and they, and they go back to, I think I remember watching the thousand, thousand day championship Smackdown where they were celebrating Roman Reigns there and one of the things they showed was him pinning them both so definitely, uh, definitely get that, definitely.
3: It just, for me just, it, it, I remember at the time seeing it and thinking he's just unbeatable straight away, Just he's just unbeatable, who's going to beat this guy and it for me just completely elevated him and that's why he's my MVP it's not that he was the best person in the match not by, you know, not at all but but it, had, it told a great story and it had one job. And the one job was to get Roman Reyes over. And it just did it and achieved it in spades. So that's why he's my MVP because he, he he's just, seen, from that moment, he's just rocketed like you will not believe, in my opinion.
0: It's interesting, actually, because what you just said, I, I had not thought about it that way at all. So I can remember listening after he left, Daniel Warren left, he talked about this match and he said how he was walking down the aisle. And his music was playing. And Brian said he didn't know why he was there. He was really like, he didn't feel like he belonged there because of exactly what you've said, Tinky. Like right? that, the story was Edge and Roman Reigns. And I think there's probably quite a lot in what you've just said, Alex, in that that's why they chucked him in, why they got him in the match. Because so obviously, there's in the uh, pre-match video, there's a lot. On Brian it being his last WrestleMania, and I'm like, I'm watching this video, it's probably about three minutes long, something like that. I'm like, fucking hell, give a shit. This isn't what a WrestleMania main event is. And then when Reigns gets involved, so you do a segment on uh Daniel Bryan, segment on Edge, segment on Reigns, and when Reigns gets involved, and to the end of what Edge says, they kind of turn it around to the title. And I thought actually the video was put together pretty bloody good. In terms of the match, I thought it was all right. I wasn't as high on it as you were, Tinky. I like the start because there's just a lot of carnage going on. Like Jay Uso gets involved. There's a lot of just stuff going on. There's a lot on this card where I feel like they go naught to a hundred in a split second for no real reason. This made sense, and I do think that if I watched this match stand alone, I would come away from it and think that was cracking stuff. But I think at the end of watching this show, it was all a bit like, oh blimey! I did have a little a w jibe that i'm gonna make brian and edge face off that's the all-in main event of 2024 sorted right there i I, kind of to the point i just made like i feel like the match is very eager to get into the epic stage where there's loads of finishers being hit near falls everywhere submission attempts that was kind of like we're kind of getting towards the last five minutes i think and then then they really they really do kick it into gear, to be fair. Brian gets bombed through an announce table. I think it's, yeah, his Edge hits a spear to so Roman Reigns off of some still steps. I mean, still steps are probably about eight inches off the floor. So it's not, like, in terms of, like, spectacular things that you would imagine would hurt, it, it isn't really very much... But it looks fucking great. It looks absolutely great. And I'm like, Man, they can take bumps off fucking eight inch steps all they want because they ain't going to work themselves. And I thought that was cracking stuff just after you had Daniel Bryan viciously powerbombed through a table. But yeah, there's a double submission spot where Edge puts on the crossface. He gets to a piece of a steel chair is broken off. And he puts that, it's a bar across Romarine's mouth as his mouth is open. And then Daniel Bryan gets it and he puts on the yes slot as well. And I'm like, even having watched it before, I'm like, how the fuck are they going to get out of here? And then Bryan and Edge look at each other and they're like, hang on a minute, he's got a submission on, I've got a submission on. If he taps, who wins? And they start headbutting each other. And I was like, it was such a brilliant way to get out of what was a really sticky situation. I love the stacking. I love that. I absolutely thought it was brilliant. But overall as a 22 minute match I thought it, it was above average But I didn't think it was tremendous But it was very in keeping with the rest of the show I thought And I do completely agree with you Rockstar, now that you've said it This did take Reigns to a whole new level And a level that, yeah, like you said He hasn't needed to touch since Because he's just elevated even more And then we'll get to tell a nice little story Over the next three WrestleManias Until, well, he's going to lose it to Venus At 40, so I <laughs> don't
2: yeah probably I mean I can't I can't really see What else they can do Other than Valvinus to be well, honest well,
0: well obviously It's going to be him Valvinus Roman Reigns Dino Brown Main event I think Having seen Valvinus in the last 18 months on some fucking terrible video clip. He's in terrible shape. Elo Brown's not in the best shape either. But I reckon Reigns can carry him, you know. He can bloody do it.
3: They missed the trick. They should have got Paul Butchell and then told the story (laughs) from this WrestleMania all the way to (laughs) 40.
0: But there is, and we'll touch on this, there's a lovely bit of continuity that they've looped back round to in the last week as of recording. And this show, which I thought was brilliant,
2: yeah, I mean this match is my match of the night and Edge is my MVP. And I, I thought it was a really good match. But I'm conflicted now. I can I can definitely see the value in it being a triple threat match. I just don't ever think that the main event of WrestleMania should be a triple threat match. And I think yeah. sometimes it when it is a triple threat match, more often than not, it's to hide the fact that you've not built something personal and meaningful and you know, that the people mm-hmm. are really into um and really mm-hmm. want
3: to see and it's mad in it because the triple the three triple threat matches might have been more but the three triple threat matches are absolutely quality the one at 20 the one at 30 and this one they are good unless there's another one that I, can, that I can't think of but yeah
0: sexist I, <laughs>
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, yeah. about it then. Oh, wait, Matt that.
0: Roberts, bloody hell.
3: Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, but that's not as good as these. That's not as good as these. And and it's at the end of a WrestleMania that's fucking about, as Ben said, six 6,000 hours long all that time ago. Just a couple of things with regards to that match before I move on. One thing that bugged me at the time, and it bugged me again, and it makes sense after what, what you said, Sam, is Daniel Bryan having a chuckle with the referee before the match. Yeah. You, now it, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I know what you mean there. It's like... Is it annoying me at the time thinking what like why are you doing that? And but yeah, I know what you mean. He's probably thinking I shouldn't be here. This maybe he's just feeling a bit uncomfortable. But one thing that I love and I've always loved, I mean, he's absolutely fantastic. Anyway. When Paul Heyman Just stares at Roman Reigns In admiration yeah. Whenever they want Oh, it's it's just incredible It's absolutely he, I mean, he's he's fantastic anyway, Paul Heyman But he just Like, stirs at him The whole way The whole entrance You know, all the way down The entrance ramp Just in pure admiration And it makes Roman Reigns Just look Just miles better You know, bigger than he is Oh, fantastic Yeah,
0: but you do realize that When Stephen meets you, Alex In person That's what he's going to do
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look I hope he puts the layers around me um around me before, <laughs> beforehand.
2: Yeah, but your yeah. your but the thing is is if you're all three of you together, Alex will be looking at you that yeah, way. Yeah, that's fine. true. Yeah,
3: that's true. And yeah. then you're yeah. like
2: it'd be like the the the, the, <clears throat> the human
3: centipede. <laughs> oh,
1: no,
2: <laughs> <laughs> funny enough, that wasn't where I was going. No. I was gonna be like I was gonna make a much more dated reference than that, which was that famous sketch we've got john cleese ronnie barker and ronnie corbett in a line and they're they're all sort of talking to one like the, one of them represents the upper class, one of them represents the middle class, one of them represents the working class. And uh it'd be kinda of like that, but just with affection as opposed to
3: uh, uh, I mean it's very worrying that I went straight to the human centre. Uh, very worrying. Oh
2: God. That was that was Alex being like, Yeah, I don't I don't mind Stephen being up my back, my ass. No. And and oh, God Almighty. Good stuff. Well, you know, fair enough. Whatever, you know, whatever you want me. am on I, that I, bombshell. I shan't I shan't be I shan't be attending that particular get together though, I should imagine. <laughs> God. So let's go back to the start of uh, WrestleMania 37 night 2, shall we? We get America the Beautiful sung by Ashland Craft. Is that correct? The new voice of country music. I I hadn't realized we needed one. No. and all this does all the which i quite like because again we got away from the uh typical cliched american footage it was just footage of the roster on the stage from the previous Mm. night and i got to see more of the reactions of the superstars that were there which i quite enjoyed the previous day
0: i thought and i remember this at the time and you guys kind of touched on this in the last episode some of the wrestlers look genuinely emotional with you've got some fans back and all that good shite i didn't notice how it's dancing on this clip but yeah some of them just are really fed up didn't they They're fed up and it got me to thinking there must have been a fair portion of that roster who probably didn't want to be there they were actually not particularly comfortable with like say the amount of production staff that would have been back backstage Like, must have really made a fair few people think actually you know what? i'm not not that comfortable
2: with this but hey yo. know and i imagine there was also a lot of people on the stage who weren't on the show at all so they were be like why do i yeah re-ear? this is yeah. shit i didn't need to rear do i
0: that reminds me edge is wearing his garb and i was yeah. like yeah I mean, he's, he's wearing his garb, and someone from night one is and i'm like where the fuck is someone from why is someone from night one here in their wrestling stuff then i realized it says night one in the corner and i was like oh what's Edge
2: doing? So he <laughs> well, and not, you know, he's obviously got, he's got ready very, very early, but Daniel Bryan is shown oh, yes. warming up after the second match. And you're like, mate, hey, <laughs> you've got you've got about two and a half
1: hours. To <laughs> go
2: to. I would, uh, I would yeah wind that in a little bit. You're going to do yourself a problem there. <laughs> then, uh, after the um, American Beautiful, we get an intro video, which is exactly the same as the, the previous night, uh, but does include footage from the night yes. before as a sort of slight difference. But the voiceover is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that was already exactly the same as pretty much what happened to WrestleMania 36. Yeah.
3: Like, this is the fourth time now mm-hmm. that we've had this opening. And I didn't. Well, I mean, I, I didn't. I've not. You obviously you guys. Ben, you've watched thirty six both nights. I haven't. I watched this and I was bored, even watching this. It, and you know, to say that I was bored about a WrestleMania opening package says a lot because I love, I love the video package that mm-hmm. WWE do. It's one of the best things that they do consistently. And yeah, it's just, it was really, really long. It wasn't funny. Just really boring. Uh, I did crack a smile though with the irresistible force meeting the immovable object because surely they were talking about Kane versus Carly from WrestleMania twenty three. Surely. <laughs> which is a a hark back to an episode from uh, yesteryear. We'll have to dig into the archives to see what that is.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I didn't do that one. (laughs) Glad I didn't do that one. um, I'm with you, Alex. I I always like... So when we talked about WrestleMania 34, which is... The second New Orleans, when they lean on jazz again on Bourbon Street. And I'm like, oh, me, I remember me and Tinky being like, oh, disappointed disappointing. Disappointing. It's basically the same thing they did at 30. I always enjoy seeing where they take the videos because they obviously tend to theme them around where they are. Like, so they're going to be in Philadelphia this year. So it'll probably be Rocky, Bloody Bell, Broken Bell, and then some cheese. And, uh, oh, no, that's just the brand, isn't it, Philadelphia? Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. But, but this was, as you say, the fourth time hmm. we've heard this bloody British guy. He's giving British people a bad name. I'll yeah. be honest. Oh, hello, hello, oh, Johnny, hockey sticks. I'm going to try and be funny, but I'm not. Oh, ho-ho-ho-ho-ho. lovely, lovely, lovely. That was good.
3: That was a good impression. That was a really yeah, good thank impression.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I, I spent I, I was, three weeks practicing that.
3: <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier on. Is I think the the easy fix for it, and don't get me wrong, like when lockdown happened, it was was it one or two weeks after lockdown? I think it was like the week after, wasn't it? But they shouldn't have done the pirate theme for the for thirty six. They should no. have just shelved it. And what they should have done, they should have done like an old school theme. So they should have had like the old WrestleMania logo and had red, white, and blue ropes, and the referees as. You know, obviously it's in the performance center, so just making it a look a little bit different, and then done the pirate theme for this one. When it that, that's what they should have done. But I mean, don't, I mean, obviously COVID happened, and they were they just did what they what, what they felt they had to do. So, uh, but yeah, I was thinking about it, oh, it might have made it a bit better.
2: I mean, I was gonna I was gonna say then that they probably should have just having used the pirate theme for thirty six, just shelved it and done something new with thirty seven. But I bet you they'd spent a load of money on that set, and were like, actually, hmm. we are gonna have to get some value out of it. We're gonna have to put it out there.
3: I think that. Where they put it up, haven't they, as well? Or they started putting it up? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think they. I think they had. I'm gonna look mm. at that. Well, so the reason for
0: the pirate the pirate theme is that there's a pirate ship at Raymond James Stadium. So that's not WWE's. Oh uh, right. Okay. That's to do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. oh right. Okay.
2: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. 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 So when they, I don't know when they still do, it, but when they. Score a touchdown They let off a cannon Wonderful stuff But they owned by the Glazers So horrible cunts
2: I don't imagine That there are too many Owners of American sports Franchises that aren't cunts To be perfectly honest with you mm. um, Next up we get Hogan and O'Neill Which we've, dis- we've already discussed The guest hosts mm. Then we get the Orton and Wyatt stuff Which we've already discussed Which is great oh,
0: I, I, I on tiki whoa, we just, whoa 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 uh, Are we going to say uh, The same uh, thing here Possibly So you get Michael Cole Does the intros For Samoa Joe and Byron Saxton, who is their own peg leg peak, he calls him. And hang on, what's that shoulder he's doing? Oh, uh,
3: the jacket. His jacket, Byron Saxon's jacket. Oh, I didn't realise. Oh, my God, it is unbelievable. What a gorgeous <laughs> jacket. I mean, did, did, uh, that's what I thought we were talking about. Oh, no, his no. jacket is phenomenal. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous.
0: I am going to look this
3: up. It's like a blue and silver swirly kind of. Oh, yeah, it's not nice. <laughs> oh, it's Lovely. Absolutely lovely.
2: No, you've let yourself down there, mate.
3: No way, it's gorgeous, man.
2: This is his signature, isn't it? Like he's the dandy. That's what they. That's what they've got Byron Saxton doing. That's his character, effectively. Mm-hmm. I do remember Pegleg Pete, but I neglected to write it in my notes. So apologies. Then we get the backstage stuff again with Titus and Hogan and Bischoff and Bailey, which again we've discussed, and Daniel Bryan showing warming up. So we've covered all of that stuff already. Let's do one more thing. Before we go to break, it's the women's tag team title match. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax defending against Natalia and Tamina. A, uh, a match that goes... For 14 minutes And 18 seconds Oof I hadn't actually realised It was that long And effectively What happens here Is that Natalia gets a tag And goes for a Sharpshoot on Jack, But uh, Baszler was already, Had already tagged in And she locks in A choke And gets the win Oh man What did you think Of this one
0: You mentioned this In the tag team turmoil match I mean these are Two thrown together Teams aren't they uh, Lovely Pop for Tamina Lovely stuff Which I enjoyed I don't know why To be honest like, I quite I have no issue With Tamina But I was this crowd's really into it. They were into it on night one as well. And I thought, come on, then. Then there's a match, really. So there's a few notable things. Got, got a bit bored, to be honest. <laughs> Started thinking about other stuff. But there's a slingshot to Baszler into a kick by Tamina. So Natalia slingshots there. There's a knee by Shayna Baszler into Natalia's head that looks fucking horrendous. Nia Jax gets booed out of the building, naturally. There's an awful spot where Nia Jax is on the top rope. Goes for a crossbody. Maybe has a little think, actually, is this such a good idea? So Natalia and Tamina have to stand there for what feels like a week, just waiting for her to leap off. They work bloody hard, I must say. They work their fucking arses off, these four. And I really like the finish. I think the finish is good. But Michael Cole's fucking telegraphing it. He just can't help but point out that Sheena Baszler is tagged in. He's like, shut up. Just shut up. Don't mention it. And then as she puts in the Coquina clutch... Someone else could mention it. Byron Saxton and his gorgeous jacket, which I've just seen. I mean I can wear it, but you could (laughs) have liked But uh yeah, he can mention it then. But I thought it's fine, isn't it like 14 minutes is a bit fucking rich, especially the further we get. This is the second longest match on the card, I think. Yes. Behind the main event. Yeah. By a by a little distance for a lot of them. And It's all right. I didn't give a fuck, though. I just didn't give a fuck. I like all four women in this match. I couldn't give two fucks because there's no reason to care. Because Tinky said this many times, the women's tag titles just haven't been anything. And you're giving 14 minutes to them. I'm glad they're getting 14 minutes because it's it's a good thing. But fucking hell, I think it's 14 minutes of 83 minutes of reaction you're giving to this. It's like... Nah, you're all
2: right. Thanks. I'm busy. Uh, it is bizarre that they've given them that much mm. of time, given the mm. fact that nothing else other than the main event goes as long. Given that, like, I, I also, I do, I do think it's good that they get 14 minutes, just not on the WrestleMania show when you've not given mm. them the time to build that up in the first place. Like, you've literally announced this match 24 hours before mm-hmm. when Natalia and Tamina won the tag team turmoil match. And that means that Natalya and Tamina were in matches that totaled something like 30 minutes overall over the two nights as well, which is bizarre. Uh, you know, again, I'm all for them getting the time, just not in a t- a, t- a point where you're at the final stage, if you like, of your promote, your promoted stuff. Like, do this on Raw, and then you can perhaps present them in this way again at WrestleMania. But you can't do it starting at WrestleMania. It doesn't work like that. So, yeah, I just find that really bizarre. And especially when you consider the length of, for example, Kevin and Sami Zayn, which comes after this, and they get less than mm. ten minutes. You're kind of like, come on, guys! Like, what is that about? Yeah. That that that's bizarre.
0: Um, I'm just gonna just before you come in, Alex, I want to set a challenge for the listeners. So, are you gonna do it? I'm wondering if this is the longest women's tag team championship match there has ever been. It must must be.
3: Well, must except be. the Elimination Chamber, that one, that one. Shut you up. <laughs> Just two on two, you mean.
0: Fucking hell, mate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's not happy now. He's like, oh, oh sorry. I had one chance and I <laughs> put it on her. No, How dare you, he says. <laughs> In fact, that's a very
0: good point. And from memory, that was pretty good, that match, actually. Yeah, it was good. Yeah,
3: it yeah, went, yeah. It, it all went downhill from there. Yeah.
0: You know what? I'm glad he's mentioned it now because I remember that match that I'll never watch again. Beautiful. Yes.
3: Claude it back. <laughs> yes. Right, okay. So, at the time watching this... So we've had the really long video package. Then we've had Randy Orton versus The Fiend. Uh, uh, Sorry, we've had Hogan and Titus O'Neil. And then we've had Randy Orton versus The Fiend. And then we've had Hogan and Titus O'Neil again backstage. (laughs) And at the time, I I remember being really bored and then thinking when this side, thinking, I don't, this show's not going to be very good. Now, considering who's involved in this match, I really liked it. I really liked it. It was a miles better than it had any right to be. Look, I, I'm not going to watch it again, and I expected it to be really, really bad, but I, it wasn't bad at all. I thought it was alright. I don't I don't like Nia Jax. I think that she's shit. She just, for me, just doesn't seem like a credible threat. She's just dead clunky, and for me, not believable as a tough heel. Shayna Baez on the other hand, I've said before, she's just awesome. She just it makes everything look real, and, and then it hurts. And she just needs a title run for me. She you know, yeah. I, I loved Shayna Baszler, and I've got that about the, the super kick—absolutely uh, fantastic—the slingshot to the super kick. I've got that. To me, a quite over with the crowd. For me, though, it did seem like it was a bit ironic, like it was a bit. Yeah, yeah you
0: know, you're done to kill her. <laughs> yeah, <we're>,
3: yeah, <laughs> kind of. But just kind of like you know. Yeah, she's probably the, shit, the shittest one in inverted commas yeah. in this match. But So we're going to cheer her. But do you know what? She probably liked it anyway. Then there was the botched hot tag. Did you, do you remember that? The botched hot yeah, tag where she yeah. went to take a mixed and missed it. Um, but yeah, no, considering who was involved, I didn't think it was that bad at all. I thought it was going to be terrible. And I enjoyed it on the night and I enjoyed it on second viewing. You know what?
0: I've not thought about this until we're talking here.
3: This show
0: needed Natalia and Tamina to win, I think. I am just looking through the rest of the card. I would obviously get there. it's not a lot of feel good moments, are there? It's not a lot of uh not a lot of happy times on this card really. Like in terms of like the fan favourites getting getting the victories and stuff like that. So yeah, probably could have done with them. I do think that you're probably right. It is a little bit ironic. Some of the cheering for her, but they they weren't there. The RS is off. And plus, they just watched that absolute turd in a bag. So they were probably happy about anything. Speaking of, this is a little aside. So my fiancé, our dog and I live in Bristol City Centre. It's uh, a place called Welsh, for people who know Bristol. So it's just by the river. So take the dog out this morning. It's about, I don't know, what was it, about five o'clock? She woke me up to go out, to go for a poop. Went to our usual spot, our usual nighttime spot, and just uh, walking along. And she's like, Oh, stiff, 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 stiff. I was like, Oh, loads of tissues over there. A human shit on the floor. Nice. With some, yeah, with, with some uh, some wipes. They were, it wasn't just tissue, with some wipes next to it. They have now, I subsequently found out, after I got back from work, I took her out, and uh, they've now blown everywhere, which is lovely. So, yeah, that. <laughs> still better
2: than Orton and the Fiend. <laughs> I not I seem to remember I know I said there wasn't any build to this match but I do seem to remember something being spoken about with regards to Natalia and Tamina and getting their moment mm, at yeah. WrestleMania like they they obviously had been long-term servants of the company and hadn't really had that big moment at Wrestlemania in particular but also really uh, any big moments in fairness Mm -hmm. for most of their career and I think that was what the chants were about some people actually kind of kind of got behind that and 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 were like well you know Tamina in particular I think natalia has been a women's champion at least but Tamina I don't think has even done that so she's been around for ages never really done anything or had that Mm -hmm. big moment so I think that's what it was about rather than necessarily just being ironic this match was okay I, I i didn't mind it actually i I said i was surprised when i read how long the match was because i thought it was all right this match nothing special nothing you know just average but fine no i'm, I'm i can live with that i like sheena Baszler. i like natalia i think natalia I, natalia's weird i always think that people assume that she's better than she is and then when i watch <clears> her i think actually she is better than I think she is. You know, she always, if that makes any sense, like she always mm-hmm. delivers, in my in my opinion. She's always a, a good performer, a consistent performer. And given some of the other performance she's had around her over the course of that of her career, mm-hmm. far more competent than the vast majority of them, I would suggest. Although, obviously, since. 2015 that's perhaps not been quite the same
0: since stephanie mcmahon invented women's wrestling that's right yeah since then yeah yeah excellent that's, that's good. good i just <laughs> just need to get these timelines right in the end.
2: yeah yeah you make sure you do stop rob Ste- uh, stephanie of that of that undoubted credit that she deserves for revolutionizing professional wrestling Let's take a little break there. Afterwards, we'll cover the rest of the show, and also I'll have some updated news on on whether or not that tag team title match was indeed the longest women's tag team Ooh. match Ooh. Of all time.
1: Whoa, you really are. Yes, sir. So.
2: Great, Kali says, "What's up, bro, man? What's up, bro? I tell you, out of my Hall of Fame, get the out now, okay? Ha, ah, I'll tell you. Hey.
1: I just wanna say congratulations on being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. You think I could check out that ring? Whoa! Look how big your hands are. They're like the size of my head. Whoa! You know, I bet you have a hard time finding gloves and probably socks. You know what you should do? You should open up a giant store where you sell giant clothes, giant jewelry, giant toilets, and especially, Giant scooters, bro. What do you think, dude? Nothing? Can we get hey, a translator? I, I, I got you, bro. RVD! I've been your butter Oh, dude. He says in order to corner the market share, we're gonna need some creative branding. Oh. I got right here with my RVD rolling papers. Whoa, bro, thanks. What about yeah. the Kali trolley? I game, give out a mess.
3: Who might have a
1: up Right on, we'll work on that. Okay. You focus on your match, bro. Mm-hmm. Good luck with Seamus. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Oh, and hey, that's from both of us. Great Kali! and r v Thanks, bro. Yeah. Bro, give me bro. more. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Good point.
2: Right then, welcome back. So we've still got a few matches to cover. A fair few, I suppose. Um, but before we get to that, some news then on this longest women's tag title match since they were introduced in 2019. Now, obviously, Alex, you did kind of give away the game really, because <clears throat> number one was the Elimination Chamber match. The very first women's title match is still the longest women's title match that WWE have ever done. At least as of the 8th of January when we're recording this, for all I know, in the two weeks between now when this gets released, it gets beaten by something. I don't know, but you never know. But I, I did want to also so build upon that, not just go with the what the longest was. So I can confirm that not only was this not the longest women's tag team title match ever, not even the longest women's tag team title match at WrestleMania, because that goes to the match that took place the previous year at WrestleMania 36, as Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross fought the Kabuki Warriors and won the title from them, which is 15 minutes long. Mm. It, it's not also, it's only just in the top 10 longest <laughs> I women's know title matches. <laughs> Because there are As I said 10 other matches That are longer That includes the aforementioned WrestleMania 36 match A number of matches On Raw and Smackdown Over the course of time A TLC match At TLC 2019 Which is 25 minutes And 57 seconds And yeah. featured The Kabuki Warriors Against Peckinich And Charlotte Flair And the second Longest match in uh, For the women's Tag team title ever Which is also in 2019 So the top three Longest matches Are all from 2019 And that was a Raw A four way match On Raw In August 2019 19 which was also over 20 minutes so there you go there's your, there's your statistics there's the news i'm afraid old man you were wrong it's not the longest women's tag time match of all time
0: well i mean i suppose i asked the question of the listener and you've taken that away from them
2: yeah but you know they, they weren't going to do it really let's be honest they might have done it if, if alex had asked and, and flashed mm. him a smile <laughs> but they're not going to do it for you mate
0: <laughs> i reckon that our friend navdeep Hill would have you might have done you might have come up with it you never know yeah
3: so sorry navdeep do you know if you'd have asked me right Before I I was on the show, I would 100% have done it for you, Sam. 100%. (laughs) Just like you do it for me. (laughs) And <laughs> um, that, okay. that TLC match when you when you mentioned it, that's the one. I think Eo Sky gets a really bad concussion halfway through that match, and they carry yeah. on. And it was quite. Uh, it, it was one of them where I think a lot of fans were saying they should have just mm. sacked it off because you could tell she was way out of it.
2: Is actually maybe Kyrie Sane not? Is F- it Kyrie? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Fucking Jesus, mate. Yeah, a
2: bit of racism there, mate. For the yeah. Oh, you
0: know.
2: Anyway, let's move anyway, on. Anyway, yeah.
0: <laughs> Next. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so next up is the hype video for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn preaching that there has been a conspiracy against him and he has a documentary crew that's following him all over the place to prove it. Uh he then gets some interaction with Logan Paul who says he's going to help Sami Zayn get eyes on his problem. Kevin Owens says that Zayn needs to get over it. Zayn is angry and attacks him. Then there's a launch of the trailer of his documentary where he's joined by Logan Paul and he asks Paul to be his guest at WrestleMania. Paul says he spoke to Kevin Owens who told him there is no conspiracy. Owens then attacks Sami Zayn. Owens says at WrestleMania he'll knock some sense into Zayn. JBL is then introduced as the special guest commentator for this <laughs> match. No one- no idea why Who could know why I, I just don't get it uh, Anyway Yeah and then they have Their match Now I can't quite Find the time for that Because I've got to go back About 400 times On my browser Because I was too busy Trying to find The longest women's Tag team See? title oh, matches I In history I
0: think it's 9 minutes 10 seconds It's 9 minutes
2: 16 seconds That'll
0: teach you Oh you fuck off
2: and uh, Kevin Owens uh, gets the victory after he hits a stunner. Alec, thoughts
1: on this one?
3: So the video package, I mean, I love the Sami Zayn conspiracy gimmick. I just love Sami Zayn in general. It just makes everything work, which I, we may touch on in a couple of shows. Uh, a little tease for you there. Uh, he should have changed his music, though, because he's a heel, So, I, which I think he did eventually, but he shouldn't have had that upbeat sing-along song as uh, music for his, his entrance. The match itself is excellent. Absolutely excellent. Excellent I, Kevin Owens I mean I love Kevin Owens And I love Sami Zayn I love the, the KO Mania t-shirts I think uh, Tom's Mentioned them before I have wrote here Just a side note Female referee So I have that Joey Barton You prick um, <laughs> But the, we just With the match they, they just know Each other Don't they They just know They just get Each other And everything That they do Is just gold Some of the moves The suplex On the apron's fantastic The blue Thunderbomb I mean Mission Driver So I think I think One of the Commentators yeah, Messed up yeah. On the on the move There Brutal suplex, net breaker, and just brutal exploders Fisherman suplex off the top rope, just fantastic. It just wasn't long enough, you know. That it was like the best, the best stuff condensed into ten minutes. And like I said, whenever these two involved in something, it's just gold. Whether it's Kevin Owens as a face and Sami Zayn as a heel, Sami Zayn as a face, Kevin Owens a heel. They're both heels. They're both faces. They're just phenomenal. And I was thinking, watching the match or after the match, should I say? Just imagine if they were given time and given a pay per view main. Event for a title I think it it would be Absolutely phenomenal Did I loved it I loved it I thought it was A fantastic match And I wasn't surprised At all was, I mean it's them two
0: Going back to the video Fucking shit feud There's a guy right So you're there So I'm taking this In a real life situation Right Poor old Tom Gone a bit down the rabbit hole Gone into his 9-11 conspiracies He's, He thinks that The Queen's The Queen was a man And all that And they're lizards And all that good stuff So try to help But they don't help. They get a bit violent So I- so what do you do? What do you do with that friend that you love so much you've known for 15 years challenge them to a match at WrestleMania? That's what you do, isn't it? I mean, the feud makes no sense. Like, absolutely no sense. didn't really like it. I didn't mind the conspiracy theory stuff, but they go a whole lot on it. Um, JBL can fuck off, let's say that. You've hit the nail on the head perfectly, Alex, in that you said that they do a condensed version and they try and get everything in. And that's why I really didn't like it because they didn't tone it down. And I felt like... Well, what they needed to do was to tone it down and to not try and do absolutely everything which is exactly what they do because they can't do it there's no time for there to be any impact there's no drama because of that and uh, to first like there is a nice thing with Logan Paul at the end but I don't know why that comes there he really takes away from the match because he takes the commentators attention away they keep showing him and I've got a lot of time for Logan Paul but I just thought this was a real waste
2: obviously you know once again old man's puppy making a guest up here it's on the uh, podcast again so she always loves welcome it. always welcome yeah I mean look I, I'm somewhere between the two of you I wasn't blown away by this but I did I did like it I think obviously they know what they're doing they're always going to have they're always going to produce something that's decent it just feels like there's a lack of respect there to give these two nine minutes mm-hmm. I just think if you're going to have if you're going to book this match give them 20 give them the chance to create a classic on the biggest stage of the year like and they did the same thing kind of with Seth Rollins and Cesaro on night one mm-hmm. they, get, they got they got like about ten minutes, and it just didn't feel like enough. It felt like you know, if you gave them twenty, they'd probably provide you with a, potentially a classic. So yeah, really, really disappointment, real disappointment in terms of this. Next up, we get backstage Matt Riddle on his scooter. Matt Riddle, of course, who all the New Japan fans were very, very happy to end up at Wrestle Kingdom on January the fourth. No, he didn't actually. turn up on January the fifth on a new, a new Year dash, I should say, and challenged Hiroshi Tanahashi. He, he did. He sort of alienated everybody that <laughs> that likes New Japan in in America. Which is quite, in Britain Which is quite funny He bumps into The Great Carly Backstage And congratulates him On being inducted Into the WWE Hall of Fame Riddle says that He should open up A store Which sells giant things Carly just stands there Until Rob Van Dam arrives And then translates For The Great Carly And passes around Some RVD rolling papers <laughs> There's lots of bro Back and forth This is alright But it's It's entirely filler oh,
3: I thought this was a, I thought this was terrible I thought this was Absolutely <laughs> terrible Wow And I, the I, worst suddenly thing about sounds it sounds
2: like Titus O'Neil Saying thank you To uh, the fans for Coming <laughs> to WrestleMania 37,
3: uh, it was really, it was really bad. Uh, the worst thing about it was, what the fuck's all the banging in the background? It was like there was some work, workmen or something in the background just banging away.
2: Just let's, uh, let's not criticize it? people for a noise in the background, eh? yeah, that's yeah, that's
3: true. Yeah, that's true. I just thought it was awkward. I just thought it was really, really awkward. And it, I thought if they're going to have these segments, just pick some, pick people who are comfortable with talking and who are good at it. Great, Carly can't speak, <laughs> you know? So just pick some, pick someone else who's 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 comfortable with talking. It's, uh, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was terrible.
2: All right, well, yeah, so you know, it's, uh, really feel Alex, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: gonna be honest, I thought this was a harmless little bit of guff. And I love Harley just completely no selling Matt Riddle because he obviously couldn't just understand what was going on. But yeah, RVD advertising his rolling papers was very strange. Mm. I was like, really? I mean it's legal in Florida, but obviously it's not legal everywhere.
2: Well and rolling well, rolling but, rolling papers yeah, <laughs> sorry.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Anthony. But yeah, I like this. This is probably Carly at his best, I think. <laughs>
2: Is absolute best work In this particular segment Yeah yeah, yeah. Then there's a really Short hype video Where Seamus attacks Riddle With his scooter And that's it That's all the mm-hmm. hype We get for this next match Seamus versus Riddle It's a match that goes For 10 minutes And 51 seconds Seamus wins Because Riddle goes For a moonsault Off of the second mm-hmm. rope And Seamus hits him With a nasty looking Bro kick To get the victory Alec when you tell us What you thought of this
3: So I remember At the time I wasn't looking forward To this match In the slightest And I've said it before I don't like Seamus Or I didn't like Seamus Should I say I do quite like Rid- Riddle Don't particularly like his gimmick Or some parts of his gimmick I, But I thought that the, Again the build up for this Is a bit weak But you know Whatever And then the AI birds I mean the AI stuff Is some of it Is just shocking But the match Again I thought Was ab- again Absolutely fantastic Really hard hitting Riddle's belly to belly Suplex from the top rope I thought was awesome And this was Very very close to be in my match of the night, and the only thing that stopped it from being my match of the night was a couple of botches in the match, and it and it wasn't that it was I, I, th- I was gutted for him. I was gutted for him when I watched it because I forgot about the botches this time round uh, when I was watching it this time round, and there was one from a suplex which was well recovered, and then there was one from a top rope white noise, but obviously they, they went to the, the, the you know they went to the mat, and what I quite liked about that is that they didn't try it again; they just did the white noise as it is without going to the top rope. But I was gutted for him, I must admit I was really gutted for him because I thought it was brilliant the broad kick from the flip was so devastating and I remember like I said I wasn't looking forward to this match and I think at the time I I kind of thought this was going to be my match of the night because I forgot about the botches and since then I've been, Sheamus has really won me over and I think it's from this match I used to think he was really boring he didn't really have good matches apart from one with Daniel Bryan at Extreme Rules back in the day but I loved this match on the night and I loved it now Um, and since then I've really enjoyed his, his matches I love, you know his brawling brute gimmick is miles better than any gimmick he's ever done and as I have said when I did my fantasy book in Mania 40 I, I would have put him in the main event of night one winning the Intercontinental Championship but it was just it, again it, it those botches if it wasn't for those botches this would have been my match of the night and this following the Owens and Zane match I was having a great time I thought they were both fantastic matches
0: you know why they're botches don't you because they're Russian
3: these
0: mm, kinds yeah. of Russian as well yeah yeah, yeah. no they're not yeah,
3: one of them's Irish the other ones i <laughs> oh, <right>. oh, we. <laughs> that's lovely that's lovely that's,
0: okay we'll give him that um, <laughs> yeah this for the same reason as Zane and Owens they get a minute or two longer these lads they're rushing everything they're just trying to get absolutely everything in. and I need to emphasise like Zane and Owens and Seamus and Riddle it's not their fault that they haven't got the time but nothing mattered like absolutely nothing mattered the finish is brilliant it looked looks brutal it is brutal Uh, Seamus kicks Riddle right in the head and then you see at the end he's like his lips busted open in that but it didn't fucking matter did it because they'd done so much to that point and it was just like it just felt like they just hit each other with some moves and it was inconsequential because they wanted to rush into the next one and then they wanted to get on and then they it was almost like they could have waited to get out of there but that isn't the case they just wanted to get all of their stuff in there which made me think about like Riddle like he obviously got got a nice little Push for for a good little while Just a little, a little steady nudge In the right direction I was like Even watching this Like if they'd have been able To play out the story With Orton And RK Brown I reckon he'd have been Fucking massive I know he's He's allegedly done Some stuff That isn't the nicest And he obviously smokes a lot of weed Which apparently WWE don't like But he was gonna be He's gonna be A big old star I think But yeah In terms of the match Fine
2: Yeah I don't I mean, I don't really know what How much of an influence the sexual assault allegations that riddle faced had on his release he he wasn't released in the wake of them in 2020 mm. when when all the stuff was coming out he was only released you know a couple of years after that so i i can only assume that maybe wwe didn't like his his recreational drug use and then when triple h took over he's like well i'm not bringing him back because there's a stain of of something much more serious than all of that um regardless of his of his smoking habits so yeah but i do agree in fact i think i said on i i, li- I listened uh, i was listening back to an episode uh, that we did i think two years ago now recently um so i was trying to find something and i said on this episode that the only person i could see face roman reigns at wrestlemania 39 last year was riddle that was the person mm-hmm. i could i could see in the main event uh, i could see them building to him as the guy that would be would beat reigns because i really do think he was probably about as likely as anybody to be the, be a star that they really tried to make in the future And there was also rumours that he was due to win The Royal Rumble at that year as well Um, I don't know why in the end possibly because of The same stuff we've talked about. In terms of this match So I'm quite happy with the length of this one I think given the size of Sheamus and Riddle This is the right sort of length of match for them And I don't think it was an amazing match But I, I thought it was a really decent match and I thought that They they really really were Worked well together and I do agree Alex This is the sort of coming out by for Sheamus Suddenly he goes almost into This match and then comes out of it as a guy that you trust Have good matches in the ring And since then He has kind of Done that with Gunther And with Drew McIntyre And and, you know In other situations as well He he feels like This is another night Where he kind of This is another Sorry this is another person Where after he came out Of this show He had a new Reputation about him The same way Reigns did But in a completely different way So yeah I, I thought I thought pretty good Pretty good indeed And both of these matches I liked I should say I liked both of them I just felt Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens Should have been given A lot more time Could have constructed Something very very special indeed Whereas it was it was just a very good match Lovely So then we get another hype video This time it's Big E and Apollo Crews' hype video First of all we see Big E beating Sami Zayn for the US title Then Apollo Crews attacking Big E Crews says he's not received the same respect That he has shown to others since his arrival in WWE Crews then talks about his Nigerian royal family ancestors And begins to talk with a Nigerian accent There's then a quick recap of Big E's background As a high school wrestling champion Crews challenges Big E to a nigerian drum fight at wrestlemania fuck <laughs> the match the match goes for just under seven minutes and is won by Big E when general aziz who's not yet named no
0: he no, he no he doesn't what's that Big E doesn't win
2: oh sorry apollo cruz <laughs> let me start again sorry the match goes for just under seven ma- minutes and ends when apollo cruz wins when general aziz but although he's not named yet comes out and attacks Big E and helps apollo cruz win oh man this is
0: a a very strange build isn't it it's a very strange build I mean I'm not going to shit on you too much too, but you've had a fucking nightmare there so it's for the intercontinental title Did not, I not the say US that. title no. uh, so the US title and uh, yeah it's actually Commander Aziz as well
2: oh yeah and it's also it's <laughs> Shamers and Riddle was for the US title and I don't think I mentioned yeah. that either <laughs> for it now doesn't matter. you can tell yeah, I've but... been I've been distracted trying to put together lists of the top the longest tag team title matches in yeah. women's wrestling history
0: <laughs> so this is where so it's the classic nasty foreigner versus the local hero, isn't it? Because Big E is a Tampa native, so grew up in Tampa. Nice little very brief video on his history, and then they beat him in under seven minutes, which is classic WWE. So they give this seven minutes. They have a guy called Wale, whoever he is, gives the big entrance for Biggie. so he sings his entrance song. Not very well, I must say. Not particularly good. I felt like the sound was pretty poor as well.
3: I thought he was miming it looked like he was miming uh, maybe yeah.
0: maybe I mean, you know what that's classic Wally that <laughs>
2: right. I mean I don't really know I've only seen that one film of his
3: <laughs> hey, Oh, he's not familiar. that's very I'm good not, I'm not entirely sure I get it <laughs>
2: You get it No,
0: no I didn't Wally I think, Wally Oh bloody yeah. I've never seen it So uh, <laughs> oh, yeah And then um, Apollo Crews Walks down with his Effortless lack of Charisma and personality I mean, I've never seen anybody Lack charisma and personality I've seen him interviewed So they did that Breaking ground show I think it was called Where it's like The NXT Rocky, What a fucking lovely guy Such a lovely Nice family man Fucking know He's boring though if, if you get him in Like a wrestling setting Don't understand the feud I don't understand Why Apollo crew suddenly has an accent there's a pathetic ex- explanation for the reason for the match given Oh, it might be true but apparently they're going to fight so hard it sounds like people are beating drums or something i don't i understand i don't understand found it all a bit distasteful as well if it's not true there are a lot of drums around the ring some tables and some kendo sticks it's a drums match so naturally they go for the kendo sticks <laughs> immediately and then basically for about three minutes they hit each other with kendo sticks and they do some stuff outside the ring and then Commander Aziz turns out for the finish, and then it's done. And again, they're rushing. They're rushing everything. There's no. <laughs> no, no. Nigerian and American. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I can't get it in my head. <laughs> yeah, it's just so rushed. At this point, about the end of me, Tether, because they've given the women's tag match 14 minutes, and they've given the rest of these matches so little time. And I'm just like, fucking hell. Like, don't get me wrong, I didn't want to watch 15 minutes of Big E versus Apollo Crews. <laughs> Give them 10 or 11. Like, at least let them do something. Like, Commander Aziz comes out after Big E hits the big ending. That makes sense, but they haven't worn each other down. They hadn't got to the point where it looked like Apollo Crews was really going to win. It was just felt really crap. On another note, Commander Aziz was only released last year from WWE. Apparently, he turned up uh, NXT when Apollo Crews was down there being a heel. And, uh, yeah, and then he got released in March, I think. So sad.
2: Well, yeah. Sad I'm not not entirely convinced it is But you know Does anyone else think That the big ending Was potentially An alternative name That they might have given For Val Venus's special
3: (laughs) Alex what did you think Yeah so I think That they missed a trick with this So when it was announced By by having it on the card no by not giving the big ending to valvinus <laughs> uh, no so when it was announced no one knew what a nigerian drum fight was and it turns out it was just a street fight but with drums around the ring that are hardly mm. used now a bit of fantasy booking here oh, yeah, we so it, 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 i think it would have been quite good and this is what i kind of thought it was going to be is that the if they had some like nigerian tribesmen around the ringside beating drums rhythm rhythmically throughout the match right <laughs> <Bear in laughs> there that's, me. That's
2: you get to the big end in me so
3: then they, they, so then it, they can lean on the fact that it's helping Apollo Cruz and then Big E is getting distracted by it if that makes sense <laughs> I think it will I think it would have been quite impressive I think it would have made more sense than having a street fight where right, where, yeah. where, 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 where drums are at the ringside and using tables and kendo sticks but anyway yeah it was all right it was a decent little match again decent little match nowhere near as good as the, 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 the two that uh, before it but um, I, I've got that what a kendo stick's got to do with Drums? What have tables got to do with drums? In fact, how any drums used offensively in this match at all? Hmm. I shudder every time Big E does the dive through the middle rope. Every single yeah. time it gets me. But it's quite a dis- decent little match. But just just call it a street fight at the start. They're gonna have a street <laughs> fight for the title, to, as opposed to this ridiculous gimmick that don't mean anything.
0: Going back to what you said then, when you shudder, is that after the big
3: ending as well? <laughs> Yeah, while I'm while I'm uh, beating my drum <laughs> rhythmically, yeah, rhythmically. I th- I like my my idea. I thought it was better than what they put on anyway.
2: It was alright, wasn't it? It was fine. It was <laughs> just another average thing that they did. I I, th- I feel like I'm I'm representing my feelings about this show as being generally negative. It's not actually. The two matches that preceded this, I think, were genuinely really good, and I really liked the main event. I thought the main event was excellent. But I think don't think there's a lot to talk about. That's the you that's know. my big mm. thing with this show. It's mm-hmm. just no, there's not a lot to it. It's just a a collection of matches that in the end. I mean, I guess it would be different if Apollo Cruz had gone on to have this great run as a heel champion or as a heel, you know, act. But it didn't happen. So again, this feels like a little bit throwaway now when you look back on it, and they really didn't accomplish anything with Apollo Cruz. His character didn't get over, didn't really go anywhere, and and yeah, he's back in NXT. Is he st- I think he's still there as well. Like um, you know,
0: yeah, possibly.
2: It's really not really gone anywhere for him, mm-hmm. and so. It, much like a lot of what's on the show, it just doesn't feel like there's an awful lot to hmm. comment on looking back at it now. But it was, it was fine. It was, it was perfectly fine.
0: I mean, something we've not touched on here is that there is a problem with the pacing of the show. Like there are, I counted, there are 12 breaks. No, sorry 14, um, 13 little breaks In this show So you've got Three adverts Between two of the matches Two adverts Between another Another for some Craps on A COVID vaccine advert Vince Vince McMahon gabbing to the fans In a Saturday recap Like there's no There's no momentum And I feel like uh, We've we talked about this Before about other shows Like Except like there's like 80 something minutes Of actual Bell to bell action 83 minutes 21 seconds To be precise of bell to bell action on this show this is a lovely tidy two hour and 15 minute show with like you cut effectively an hour from it and i think i'm having a lovely time i think the breaks just infuriated me it made me feel that like everything was so rushed and i was like this is so fucking annoying because even these guys biggie and apollo cruise if they'd have had another three four minutes they'd have been fine they'd have been absolutely fine i think they might have been able to do something a bit more would have been hard for those lads to drum for that long probably but
2: yeah it's crap what one of the things we've talked about obviously is the fact that peacock has their subscription model mm. and there are different price points and one of them is where you have ads and that's why they have mm. to add in time for ads i really was just thinking then though this is a real opportunity for them to go back to doing what they used to do during the 80s and 90s which is have pre ma- many more pre and post match mm-hmm. interviews they used to do a lot of like coliseum home video exclusives instead this yeah. is exclusive for people who don't have the the advert model on peacock mm. or, or have or have the network actually i think if the bell to bell action was the same but there was post and pre-match interviews for most matches you wouldn't notice it so much it's mm-hmm. just that the, what's between the matches is just of so little value and doesn't enhance anything that you're watching in terms of the matches itself and I think that's the big problem so I think they should take that advantage of that and go you know we're going to have ahead of the match Apollo Crews and Big E talk about the fact they want to win the match there only has to be 60 seconds for each yeah. but just give you a nice little just add something that helps the hype video get across that these people are invested in winning this
0: match but well, also can you imagine being a casual fan and you come in and then you go like oh yeah there's a of Cruise and he talks and then in four seconds time he's talking with a Nigerian accent it's to be like what whereas if you have those little interview segments like that you said Tiggy you can go into that you can be like, I've rediscovered my heritage because that's who I am and I know those fucking cunts are drumming outside because I'm going to eat this <laughs> I'm going to eat this Come for dinner and ruin this big ending <laughs>
3: Oh, lovely <laughs> Yeah I, No I agree with that Completely Because just looking Through my notes I mean Forget Orton And The feet, But post-match Comments I'd have liked to hear What Tamina and Natalia Had to say after the match I would have liked to hear What Sami Zayn Has to say about After the match And about what Happens with Logan Paul Sheamus could have had A nice little post-match Interview after And, and uh, Apollo Crews as well Yeah and, uh, complete Miles better than The shit in between Yeah it's good Good But well, When you
2: talked about Tamina and Natalia For example That is a classic example There where You know I've pulled out from memory Something that I think Happened possibly Which is that there was Talk of Natalia and Tamina Getting their big Their big moment Well if they'd have had A pre-match interview They could have just said it They could have just yeah. told The audience This is what we're here for We've never had our chance At WrestleMania Tonight we've got our chance We're going to take it You know and that would have Instantly given you context For why the match mattered It didn't need And that doesn't have to be Again going back to What I always talk about That doesn't have to be A personal issue But it's a personal uh, Motivation for all these wrestlers And why they want to win That's all you need Is just that context yeah. For why it matters to the individual that they win.
0: Yeah. It also gives the shitty in here a chance to be annoyed, doesn't it? It's like, like, Oh, we've got to fight these guys. They just beat all those losers that we beat last night, uh, last night on night. Well, we don't want to face these. They're shit house, shit house, old cunts.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think that was word for word. That was what they <laughs> yeah, were saying. Yeah. Yeah. So next up, we get another video hyping WrestleMania 38 in Texas. Like we did two weeks ago, exactly the same video with Steve Austin. Um, All of our thoughts on the two nights of WrestleMania 38 coming up in the next two episodes of this very podcast as the WrestleMania series continues. Then there's the 2021 Hall of Fame induction ceremony highlights. Of course, this is the year where both the 2020 and the 2021 induction ceremonies took place. The inductees for the 2021 Hall of Fame class are Rob Van Dam, Molly Holly, The Great Carly, Ozzy Osbourne, Warrior Award winner Rich Herring, not the guy who uh, <laughs> used to be Stuart Lee's comedy partner, uh, Eric Bischoff and Kane is the headliner of this particular uh, class. They are then introduced to the live crowd.
0: 2020, I was intrigued. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to watch a little bit of this. Three minutes, I think, I made. It's oh, fucking agony. <laughs> so there's obviously no crowd. Yeah. So there's just people talking to effectively an empty room. Which like would be quite sad if it actually meant anything, but yeah. And then um, obviously Keynes there couldn't make it out for the main like parade of people had to come out separately. Apparently he was trying to infringe on women's rights, so he was he (laughs) he was a bit busy. He was a bit tied up. So yeah, horrible cunt.
3: I mean, he was going to go in it when he saw Kim let him go in it and get it out of the way. I wrote that about Rich Herring. Is that the comedian? Um, Eric Bischoff, I think that's fair. Rob Van Dam, think that's fair. Great Khali, fuck off. Not, not no, not, happy with that. Yeah, quite underwhelming, really. But I think if your headliners came, the horrible company is. I think he's, do, you, yeah. do you
0: not realise that the Great Khali was good for business? That's why he's in there. Because he brought in there reaching India, didn't he? It's fucking well, horrible, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I know, but... I'm not. I mean, I don't like. I, I I think he's the worst. I don't know actually, because you said about Ormas on the first night. But <laughs> yeah. I, I think Great Cali might be the worst big man wrestler of all time. I think he never liked I, him. He I think
0: absolutely him. because he couldn't move. Yeah. Even in his prime, in the most inverted of commas, he his knees were just non-existent. They were basically like feta cheese, I think. <laughs> I know paneer. Come on.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Come on, culturally appropriate cheese, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't have. I don't have any strong opinions on all of that. Whatever. We then go to the hype video for the next match. It's Asuka's match against Rhea Ripley. First of all, we see the credentials of Asuka being listed and saying she is ready for anything. Then Rhea Ripley arrives and interrupts her on Raw. They. Agree to fight at Wrestlemania. Then there's footage of Rhea Ripley beating people up on NXT. And a generic build to a generic builded match. Or built match. Mm. Builded match? What's that about? (laughs) Um, Then we get Ash Costello of New Year's Day. Performing brutality for Rhea Ripley's entrance. Did I pronounce all of that correctly?
0: I've got no idea.
2: Fine. That's good news.
0: Um, Uh, So it was Elvis Costello.
2: Elvis Costello, <laughs> from the attractions, performing Alison.
0: Excellent. Brilliant. Good stuff. Good stuff.
2: <laughs> that would have been cool, actually. Um, so, we, so we had Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title, title. This goes for 13 and a half minutes and is won by Rhea Ripley after Asuka goes for a series of kicks. But one is countered by Rhea Ripley into a riptide and she gets the pin.
0: I thought this was very decent. Going back to uh, Elvis's performance. All things considered, I thought it was pretty good. I thought they were alright. New Year's Day, not bad. Back in the day would have been my kind of thing, but I appreciate how hard it must be to scream like that. So yeah, that was good. Uh, DDT by Asuka, from the apron to the floor. That I don't think I've ever seen it. I don't think I've ever seen that. And there are very few things, good things, that I watch in wrestling where I'm like, well, I've never seen that. There was a clover leaf again. Come on, come on, Maria Ressa. She's giving me all. She's giving me everything she's got. <laughs> with these clover leaves, that's two WrestleManias in a row. All you want, mate, uh, all
2: you want is an abdominal stretch with her holding oh, the ropes.
0: That, if I was a professional wrestler, that would be my finisher, because <laughs> no one does it anymore. I'd build it in. But yeah, I thought this was pretty bloody decent. The finish did feel a little bit hurry, hurry, and I would have liked three to five more minutes of this because I felt like they were getting really, really going. But this was. Probably my match of the night, I think. I'm really struggling with that because I think it's all a bit of nothing on the card. So I'll give it to these two. And Rhea Ripley can have a double. So well done to her. And well done to me as well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah.
3: As always, got to give credit yeah. to yourself. Yeah. What, what's, well, what's well done to you for? I mean, obviously the obvious, but... Well, that's it. Phone off. <laughs> rhea ripley's just a star isn't she an absolute yeah. star she's just got better and better currently like she's she's the biggest woman star in wwe and i reckon i've put here probably overall in wwe probably about fourth behind roman reigns Cody Rhodes, possibly cm punk now and then probably rhea ripley just i think she's she's just outstanding that being said i thought her entrance was terrible I thought it was just a noise At first, the sound levels were all off It improved as the song went on But I didn't think it was a good performance at all but the match, yeah, started off at a decent pace. I've got that about the DDT off the apron, but I've also got the knee bar. The knee bar looks so painful, and mm-hmm. I love it. I love moves that look painful that are, that are obviously safe. It, yeah, I thought, it. I thought yeah, it looked really, really good. Uh, I've got that. The wing came out of nowhere. Now, I remember this match being quite boring, but it, it, it wasn't boring at all. I thought it was a decent match as well. I really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. And again, for me, that's... In a row prior to the main event, obviously that's four out of four in a row. I thought I thought it was really really good, decent match.
2: I thought this was yeah again decent, nothing major, but fine. You know I'm happy with it. I agree the four matches prior to the main event are either decent or very good, and as I said, the main event was, I thought was very very good indeed. Yeah, I've gotten I've got nothing bad to say about this. Obviously quite a big moment for Rhea Ripley, the big victory after the previous year where she sort of debuted effectively on the main roster. <laughs> And this is now them confirming that they are really high on her and they should be because she is she's great, she's got a presence, she's got a character, like you, you know she is, she, you know what you're you're dealing with the minute she comes out, like there's a there's a very clearly defined aura around her. She's good in the ring, she's got the the package, basically, she's got it all. And I I usually object to WWE's choice of music for uh these live appearances, but didn't dislike this. I think possibly because it felt like entirely in keeping with who Rhea Ripley is. This music did. Maybe it's just because I knew Matt wasn't going to be on this. So I didn't really pay any attention. I was like, I don't really yeah, no, no, matter. Yeah. It doesn't even matter <laughs> yeah, if it's good or not. It's just, I'm no, just no, going to ignore it. So that is everything. We've actually covered the whole show because all the rest of it we've covered. Touch of deal, who won't come out again. There's the hype video for uh, the main event and the main event itself. So that is the show. It's time for our overall scores out of 10. And I think we've all given our MVP is our match tonight so no need to worry about that let's start with you alex
3: yeah, this is a really good show, a really really good show. I do, I have put that nothing really matters, however nothing really matters except the end. But and I, I'm mainly talking about obviously the Zayn Owens match and and the, you know the Riddle Sheamus match. But except the opener, all the matches are decent. With two excellent matches in Zayn and Owens and Riddle and Sheamus, and an exceptional match with the main event. The bollocks in between didn't really affect my enjoyment of the show. And this is another one whereby I, I thought as I was watching it that this was going to be an either either an A. Or a 7 But I don't think It's good enough For an 8 So I'm going to go 7 Match of the night Main event Again MVP Roman remains. This is the night that cemented his tribal chief, head of the table champion persona. It was only, he was on his way beforehand, but stacking and pinning both, edging Daniel Bryan, in my opinion, just made him the mega star that he is today. So that's why he's my MVP. But uh, yeah, like I said, seven out of 10, really, really enjoyed it. The bollocks in between that you mentioned just a minute ago,
2: <laughs> did that take place during the uh, Nigerian drum match as well? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah,
3: correct, yeah. Correct, the, beating the drum with the bollocks. <laughs> oh, or
0: beating the bollocks with the drumstick. Oh, God, no. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. So, yeah, my turn then. I didn't watch this on the WWE Network. I watched this through a fully legitimate means. So I think I had the advert version, which mm-hmm. I hadn't twigged until you were talking about. So my runtime for this show was 198 minutes, 18 seconds. That's three hours and 18 minutes and 18 seconds for those who can't do maths. <laughs> and there is 83 minutes. In, I mentioned this earlier. 83 minutes and 21 seconds of bell to bell action. That's fucking shit. That's really shit. And that really hit me when I was watching this show. And now knowing that I watched it on the cheap American Who Can't Afford the Premium Peacock, I feel like it's even worse because they're fucking people over. you have got a load of shit you don't want to bloody watch in between Like that is a hundred no okay hang on give me a minute i'm having a i think i'm having a second
2: for those who can't do maths
0: yeah it's 115 (laughs) minutes Where there's no, like, this is WrestleMania. There needs to be more wrestling or it needs to be a shorter show is the point I'm trying to make. And I didn't think there's anything particularly great on this. I think there are matches that have potential to be really good, but that are rushed and crammed into too short a time period. Or the combatants try to put too much into the matches. So there isn't any drama really at all. I enjoyed the main event. I enjoyed Asuka, Rhea Ripley, The rest of it is all right. Orton and Fiend is an absolute dog turd of the size of the dinosaur turd in Jurassic Park. And as I said, pacing is all wrong because of that downtime and the fact that they feel the need to rush matches. And unlike Snickers, this show doesn't satisfy because there were three Snickers adverts in the version I watched, and I love a Snickers, but I'm going to give this a five out of ten.
2: So, I mean, just in form oh man, why didn't you watch On The Network? Have you, have you unsubscribed?
0: Yeah, I unsubscribed because I w- all I was doing was watching these shows yeah. for it and i was like i want to spend a tenner a month whereas i spend a tenner a month on the service that i watch it on but i get a lot more stuff on there so don't send a bloody first round mind
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well interestingly no that's that is interesting i didn't realize that well i'm i'm giving it a, a seven i thought this was a really good show overall i think the middle middle section was really decent main event was great i'm really happy with that though i do accept that It wasn't really that significant a show other than, as you said, Alex, what you said about the main event. And I realized thinking about it that what they've done as well is they've used two guys that they weren't going to get a lot out of afterwards. So obviously Edge, by earlier this year, they had no more plans for Edge in WWE. There's nothing left for him to do. And and Daniel Bryan left the company later this year. And so, again, they didn't have much left for him to do. So to to use them to in this situation where he stacks them up and pins them is really efficient, ultimately. I think it's a, a very good bit of business from WWE in that respect. I still think it should have been a one-on-one match. But in terms of getting a guy over and doing it using people that you've decided actually are surplus to requirements, really. I mean, I think they did actually offer Brian a, a new contract, but he decided to go to AW instead. But whatever the case, like, they got maximum value out of two guys that were towards the end of their career, whatever anyone thinks about that situation. So pretty, pretty good business, all in all.
3: I don't think it works with anyone else, because if it, like, say if they picked... Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle are Sheamus, then it kills them dead, whereas I don't Daniel Bryan and Edge don't lose anything from it.
2: Yeah, I get it. And I, I that's that's it. And I but I also don't know like I know what you you've said about Seamus and the fact that he's come out of this show with sort of reputation enhanced in terms of in ring, but I, I'm still not convinced that there's any value in Seamus in terms of selling pay per views. Like he's fine, he's a good wrestler, he can have good matches and he can put other people over. But he's never gonna be a main event yeah, guy yeah. again. In my view so you know i I don't i don't it wouldn't i wouldn't have been criticized them had they used sheamus to do this job at all but i think that roman reigns gets maximum value from edge and and daniel bryan and wwe lose not very much from Mm. doing it to them well that's everything for wrestlemania 37 night two we've got four more episodes and then we move on to this year's wrestlemania uh so we are getting there we are very nearly getting to the end of the wrestlemania series it has been a marathon but it's it we're in the we're in the closing stages now all that's left for me to do today though is to thank first of all rockstar for joining us today
3: yeah thanks thanks again for having me thank you very much
2: and also old man thank you for your contributions
3: no thank you i feel do feel like
0: alex rockstar needs to stop thanking us He's earned his way on this show. Oh. He's bloody earned it. The odd way as well. He's had to do shows with Matt, possibly, with Stephen, with Tom. Be fucking hell, Jesus. <laughs> this, guy's, this guy's been put through the ringer. But anyway, that's well, not nice stuff about Alex.
3: I can, I, have, I have to say, it, if you want, I like, without getting too cheesy I love it, I love being on the show, I love it And I really, honestly, I'm so appreciative of it I look forward to it every time And I've always got that little bit of nervousness every time we do it But I'm enjoying it so much
2: We, you, we need to get That we need to get these thank yous in whilst he is still enjoying it Because now that Tom's no longer doing the podcast He'll be doing it more frequently and he'll get fed up of that's it quite
0: true. quickly I'm No sure. way, yeah. that's <laughs> true <No laughs> way. But anyway, that's enough sucking off Rockstar, for God's sake <laughs>
3: No, I need more of that
0: <laughs> i I, I I, I ain't touching that with a barge ball cheers everyone for listening but don't worry about sucking off Rockstar so if you've got to suck off and then you've got to rate <laughs> a rate review and remember it's Ken Patera
2: this has been the Random Wrestling Review we'll be back again in two weeks with WrestleMania 38 Night 1 until then take
3: care oh it's so funny to be seeing you after so long girl and with the Understand that you were not impressed, but I heard you let
1: that little friend of mine take off your part dress. I'm not gonna get too sentimental like those other stickers.